raw, gritty, and defensive. Respectfully, welcome to the podcast where I make people feel really uncomfortable with conversations that uproot and confront traditional mindsets around life, religion, love, sex, and much more. I'm Catherine Lachey, and this is Truth Be Bold. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, y'all? Y'all know what time it is. Listen, I am super excited. This is episode seven. Y'all been rocking with me for seven weeks. Like, this is crazy. This is crazy to me. Seven weeks. I appreciate the love. I appreciate every kind word, every word of encouragement. Thank you so much. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about this. This is this is what's up. Like, I'm feeling good about this episode. I'm excited. I'm ready. And I ain't gonna lie, we, we don't have that, that, you know, that many more episodes left. I'm we only got three episodes of this season left, but I'm excited about those two. But I'm definitely excited about this conversation today. This is something new for me that I, I haven't had the opportunity to ever actually touch on. And I'm excited. I'm excited about what God wants to do through me. Um, I'm excited to just have the conversation. And before I go any further, I just want to say, let's go ahead and uh, make sure we subscribe, that we like, that we share. More importantly, those who have Apple Podcasts, go ahead and rate it for me. Leave some reviews. Let the people know. Let the people know what what was happening. Let them know what it's about. Let them let them know that you like it or something. You know, I'm you know just let them know what's up. You know, do all that. You know, all them. You know, five stars and all that jazz. Make that happen. All right, <clears throat> listen. I'm about to, I'm about to talk about it this episode. I'm about to talk. This is very uncomfortable for a lot of people. People don't like to talk about religion. First of all, it's this is a multifaceted, multi-layered conversation. But I know for sure people definitely um, don't like to talk about it the way that it should be talked about because it especially. Um, more specifically, and let me be specific, more specifically those uh, Christians, uh, when it comes to apologetics, it's hard. Like some, like, it's like, you gotta be a call. You gotta be called to evangelism. Like you gotta, (laughs) because it's not easy having those conversations, especially when it comes to being a part, um, you know, being a part of a religion or, you know, you know, a practice or whatever that, that really is kind of, um, frowned upon. People think that you, you know, people have all these preconceived notions because of this group of individuals or group of people who have given Christianity such a stigma. And unfortunately, Christians who really do love and live like Christ um, are getting the short end of the stick. And with that being the case, it leaves us with a very complicated, you know, processes or processing in the mind to really be able to witness to people and to really win souls because it's hard, you know, because people have all these ideas. And so when people, you know, you have a Christian approach you and you might, and and people who are like, no, I'm all set on y'all. They can give you, you know, 50 million different reasons why, you know, and they did all this research and all that stuff. And all Christians, you know, kind of come back with is, you know, you got in order to get to heaven, you got to be, you know, it got to be more than that. <laughs> it has to be beyond just 
just that, you know, you, you have to make people understand, you have to help people understand why, you know, why it's the truth. And, and you have to make people understand what, you know, you, you have to, well, I'll say help people understand that and, and, and demonstrate through his love that's operating through you, you know, what he really is about as, um, as the creator, as the, the savior, you know, as, as a sovereign God. Anyway, before I go too far into that, um, I'm going to do a disclaimer. It is never my intent to offend. I say that all the time. However, the truth will forever and always be offensive to an unchanging heart. Okay. And so I can't control how this conversation is going to, or how this, um, episode will make people feel. I understand that it very well make, make people uncomfortable, even upset with me. And I do respect that feeling. Uh, and I want it to be known that it is not my intention to be offensive at all. It's not my intention to, um, it's my intention though, to tell the truth. Uh, it, it that's, what's my intention. And I, uh, will do that because that's what I'm called to do. I'm called to tell the truth, to expose the truth because, at the end of the day, the, you know, we can't live in, in, in the dark. We can't live in a lie, you know? And, and so that's what I'm called to do. And, and that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a person, uh, when we'll never be a person who seeks to belittle and or disregard anyone's religious practices and or preferences. Let me also say that it's not my desire. Okay. What I seek to do is present, uh, facts, based on research and even um, some different uh, listening to different experts um, from you know various religions and, and, and things of that nature just in and also listening to people who who practice these things getting these perspectives uh, you know this is how I shaped this episode so um, it wasn't you know, it's not my intent to, like I said, to intentionally, you know, to be, to be offensive. That's not what I'm, that's not what I'm seeking to do, but I, what I, but I do seek to be totally transparent. Um, and because we have to be transparent about these types of conversations, we have to have these types of conversations because it's a part of life. You know, we all, people have their feelings, they have their beliefs and we need to talk about it. Additionally, additionally, excuse me, there are countless religious practices, okay? However, there is no way possible that I could ever get through that in one episode. So I'm not about to do that. Very specific and strategic today. Today's conversation um, is God, the universe, and ancestors, okay? That's where I'm about to go. All right, so... Um, Basically, I'll tell you how how I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna kind of go over, um, basically what what each is, and you know how that how that looks as far as religious practices, and and what it entails, and how it kind of um, shapes who people are today, right? Because a lot of t- because that's what religious religion, excuse me, that's what it does. It shapes who we are, our belief system. It shapes how we operate every single day, how we uh, how we deal with other people, how we interact, how we think, how we our thoughts about sex, our thoughts about um you know, so many things about you, you know, about the way we talk, about so many things like so these practices shape us, right? So Starting off with the with the universe. So um, 
what does it mean when an individual intertwines God um, and everything within existence, um, AKA the universe? So, you know, what does that look like? What does that mean? So basically that practice is called pantheism. Um, it is a doctrine or belief that God is the universe and it's phenomena um, basically it's taken or conceived as a whole and or the doctrine that regards the universe as a manifestation of God. Pantheism, it basically implies that, you know, there is this, you know, lack of separation for, be uh, for better word, you know, for lack of better uh, words, excuse me, um, between people, things, and God, but rather sees like everything as being interconnected. Um, it is a view that the world is either identical, identical to God or an expression of God's nature. So I'm going to kind of break it down using some etymology. <clears throat> um, it comes from pan, uh, which means all. So if you break down as far as morphology, pan means all, and theism uh, means uh, belief in God. So according to pantheism, it put it together, it's every, uh, God is everything and everything is God. So if you, you know, know people who may be a pantheist, they'll kind of have this idea or this mentality that, you know, there's this divine connection with everything and everything is aligned and everything that you encounter is God. Every, you know, everything is all divine. And so that is the general belief. It's the view that God is um, imminent and impersonal. So uh, the belief system, and this this is a belief system that grew out of um, scientific rev uh, revolution. And <clears throat> and I know for sure that Albert Einstein had a, a comment about about it, basically that that eventually the world would go over into pantheism, um, and kind of steer away from the traditional theologies and kind of go into relying on and believing in nature as a whole being um, divine and, you know, aligning things in life. And that was what his belief was. <clears throat> um, pantheists generally um, are strong supporters of scientific inquiry um, as well as, you know, religious toleration. When I say religious toleration, like I said, I'm, I don't, everyone's practices are different. Let me just say that now. So everyone's different, even within their, whatever their belief is, everyone practices things differently. So I can't speak to how everyone does this. This is just based on research. This is based on, um, different, dealing with different experts or, you know, listening to conversations from different experts about these topics. You know, everyone is different. So let me go into saying that. But um, as far as religious toleration, it, so from what my, I can, in, in this case, I'll give an example for me. I know people who are pantheists who may not identify that as that, but based on their beliefs, uh, this is what they believe in and, and the universe and this divine, um, uh, everything is divine. I noticed that there tends to be an, ex, uh, an inclusivity of everything um, within, uh, and around them being, you know, you know, used and tolerated. So basically, uh, there are people who I know who will kind of incorporate Christianity and it's very interesting. They'll incorporate Buddhism, they'll incorporate, you know, Hinduism. So they'll incorporate these various things, whether it's aligning their chakras, whether it's, um, so all of these things are incorporated 
um, the, the, you know, where you, even some of African spirituality. So for, for a person who is a pantheist, they may incorporate a lot of different things within that understanding or because of their belief that, um, everything is divine. So, um, but every person is different. Like I said, I don't, I don't, everyone's different. So, um, before I get some crazy, uh, inbox from somebody, listen, Every I know I understand I understand very well after my time of researching and it's very clear that everyone operates differently. All right, everyone doesn't we don't everybody don't do the same thing. All right. <clears throat> anyway, so um, with this idea with God um, being imminent, uh, uh, which is I should have said this before, which is basically existing or operating within. Um, you know, it basically is that God is present in all things and there's nothing that basically he's not present in. He, he didn't, to a pantheist, God didn't make the earth or, or define gravity, but um, rather God is the earth and gravity and everything else in the universe. So God is all of those things. Okay. So when, when a person is like the universe is aligning things for me, or things are falling into place to thanks to the universe, or this is the under this is the belief that God is all of that, and so the it's all doing what it's supposed to do because it's all divine anyway, and so there's basically no mistakes because everything is connected and divine. All right, um, and because God is uncreated and infinite in this belief. Uh, the universe is likewise uncreated and infinite. So basically, God and the universe are parallel. Um, God didn't choose one day to make the universe. Rather, it basically exists precisely because God exists, since the two are the same thing. And for so for some people, that can be mad confusing, but this is what they believe. And this is not me giving this explanation to talk about, to dog anyone's belief. Let me put that out there. I'm just giving a general consensus, just a general understanding for people to kind of get a, you know, maybe people didn't have a name for it and maybe someone practiced it and they didn't understand and they didn't have a name for it. But that is the, that is the official name for it now. And it kind of, whatever you do within that, you know, varies. Um, And so with this, because all things are ultimately God, all approaches to God can basically uh, lead to an understanding of God. That is their belief. So all of, you know, no matter what, because everything is God, you eventually understand because everything will lead to God because everything is him. And each person um, should basically, you know, they'll, they would uh, be allowed to uh, pursue this knowledge as they wish, however they want to pursue it. Um, now there is a difference. Um, well, I'll say, I'll say this before I I want to lose my train of thought, but this doesn't mean that pantheists believe every approach is correct. They just, um, they, they don't from what, you know, from research, you know, I'll say, and I'll be very clear with that based on research, they, they generally don't believe in an afterlife that's, you know, so, um, they don't believe that. Uh, for example, um, they don't, uh, they, neither do they believe then or find, you know, kind of, um, credit or merit in this strict type of dogma 
and or idea, ideology, ritual, kind of like how they view Chris, how Christians are viewed having this kind of strict understanding of what salvation looks like in order to be able to go to heaven. Um, and so with that being said, often, oftentimes you will hear people uh, say things like, the universe is aligning things or allowing things to fall into place. Some people may argue that, um, but something, some people actually may argue that, that pantheists are kind of like atheists, but I don't, I, I guess after kind of researching it, I don't necessarily, I don't know if it's, well, it's because it's, it's argued that way because there's a refusal to acknowledge God himself in his sovereignty and instead connecting him to everything that he actually created, um, at least this is the argument against it, is that, you know, you, you know so I, I can't say that I, I, I guess that's kind of an interesting way to view it, you know, as far as, you know, what atheist actually means, as far as, but I, I mean, they do believe that God is something, <laughs> but just not what, a Christian, you know, believes. So it, it's all, it's, it's interesting, but there are different, there, there's a difference between pantheists and, um, it's panthe, uh, pan in panentheists. So panentheists is P-A-N-E-N-T-H-E-I-S-T. Panentheists, uh, panentheists. These are people who, who the same idea-ish, who understand that God is the creator um, or the ultimate being. However, there's this idea that he um, needs what he created kind of-ish in order to be powerful. So he needs the universe in order to function type of deal. It's, it's a really tricky one with, with that one. So it's, it's the understanding that he's the creator, but at the same time, he he needs cre he needs creation like it can't he can't be God without creation type of thing, or the universe. It's yeah, so it's really multifaceted as I said earlier, and so <laughs> it makes it you know it's 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 all interesting. But either way, with pantheists, they won't say things like God is causing things to line up or God is causing this to happen it would strictly focus on what is aligning because the universe just kind of brought it together like that because it was supposed to happen. So, um, and I think honestly, after doing this research, that that's what makes pantheists or pantheism so attractive for people who are trying to figure things out. Because if you have a practice that's all inclusive, number one, and that does not um, kind of uh, kind of keep you, kind of binds you to this strict thing. Then it's, I think, it's it, it's it's good for promotion, right? Because you have an all inclusive practice, and there's no heaven or hell, so people can live lives. They can live their lives. They can, you know, do whatever it is that they're doing, as long as the universe is causing it to to, to do what it's supposed to be doing. Because that's a part of life. It's going to line up no matter what. There are no coincidences. There are no mistakes. It's you know this is because the universe has divinely aligned these things. So 
like I think that makes it very attractive, especially even to people who walked away who who have walked away from Christianity, right? They don't have to deal with the pressure of of a heaven or hell. They don't have to deal with the pressure of quote living right. They can just live. They can live their lives and and live it, I guess, to the best of what they feel, you know, be a good person, the best of what they feel that they can do. And so, um, and this is, this is easy to do. And this is, and, and not only does it intertwine with, you know, re, you know, these religions like Buddhism, uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but it, this is where you also see a lot of people who are pantheists who do things like cleanse their space with burning sage and and like and things like that, which is actually an indigenous practice, you know, ridding spaces of negative energies or, you know, where you have the laws of attraction, you have the, there's so many different things, the new age era where you have you people who focus on centering chakras and, you know, understanding their chakras. And um, I believe there are seven uh, from the crown of the head to the, to the pelvis area, which is called the root chakra. I know because I dabbled in it, right? <laughs> um, and if you know my story and my testimony, you know that was a part of something that I did for a little while in my life. Um, <clears throat> but it was easy to relate to because I didn't have, it was, there was a piece that it felt like it, it that was involved with it, you know, through the meditation practices. Um, and I just felt like I was just able to just live. It was it was interesting. It, it felt like I was able to live, and and then one day um, I had a dream, and and I'll just kind of say that. And let's just say, I said, "Sorry, Lord, I'm coming back." Uh, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, but like I said, this is not to talk about what anybody practices. This is just giving me this is <laughs> giving people a background and an understanding of what pantheism is. Okay. Um. Uh, so yeah, there, there's the intertwining of religious practices accompanied with pantheistic worship. So you, you intertwine the, whether it's the burning of the sage, whether it's the meditation, all of these things, and you intertwine that with worshiping or, uh, having idolizing or, you know, or having this under this belief that God, uh, is the universe. Okay. Um, and once again, everything is divine. Uh, so I will go into what what could make things like this uh, problematic, right? Um, and this is not just stuff off the top of my head. This is you know research based and, and stuff like that. What makes something like this? There's a belief that with pantheists at times there's a moral issue, and what I mean by that is. Um, a full commitment to pantheism means that it's hard to say if um, there's a given action, like, okay, so like intentionally killing another person, like just kind of like homicide type of stuff, like on the wind, like true, just in that moment, or just, or, or a just or unjust type of right or wrong type of thing, like logically it's hard to decipher um you know if the just and the unjust so basically it's hard to explain uh, <laughs> basically it's like meaningless 
for lack of better terms. All right. So like a pantheist, according to research and even experts you listen to about talk about this, they they would agree that obviously murder is not okay, right? That we know it's wrong. There's a no it's wrong. But with a pantheist, it's uh no basis for saying that this action, that this thing that's wrong, um, it's no basis for saying that the action is right or wrong. Listen, it's a lot, y'all. I know it's it's much. It's it's just that the divine world is being itself, according to, in a pantheist. So to a pantheist, like even though obviously that is wrong to murder somebody, however, it happening is a part of the divine happening. Like it's happening because that's the divine being itself. The, because and because the world is divine, it's going to still align itself because it's it's divine anyway. And so in many ways, it kind of presents the idea that all, I was thinking about this, it reminds me of one of those, the idea of all things work together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose, which is a biblical, which is a, a Christian belief, you know, which is, you know, the, you know, this is what the Bible talks about when it talks about when thinking about or assessing bad things happening. Um, people who are believers will, you know, go straight into, you know, but all things, even the bad, all things work together for the good of them um, who are called according to his, you know what I'm saying? So for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. So it's almost like that all things work together thing, but it's without acknowledging what that means in its entirety, which would require the separation of God and his creation, the universe and you know, that which follows. So <clears throat> that is, that's pantheism. All right. So that was, that was a lot to explain. It was a lot to, uh, to unpack, you know, it was a lot, <laughs> but I'm a, you know, so y'all, this, this episode might be a little long, but, uh, I'm not going to do too much, but so, yeah. So, um, it's an a un an amoral universe and it's, viewed from people who oppose it as um as a thing that provide or a practice that provides no basis for moral discernment and now i'm not that's not me saying that people don't have morals okay let me just say that right now i'm saying that is the argument against it okay you know people have their thing all right so next i'm going to get into something so um uh, ancestor worship, uh, African practices or spirituality, uh, for this is a very touchy thing. Uh, even I think even more touchy than when when discussing pantheism, because as an African American Christian, I am viewed at I mean, for people who practice this, I'm viewed as the traitor because I believe um, in what the white man has told me to believe. And I'll get more into that later. I think this is gonna have to be a part, a two-part series. Yeah, I wasn't trying to do that to y'all, but but I, I feel like I'm being led to to not try to rush through this thing and to let him do what he want to do. Anyway, uh, so <clears throat> yeah, it's 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 hard because um, that which comes out of Africa and because my ancestors indeed were brought over during slavery. Um, and that's not denied. I, I can't deny it. I would never. And if you know me, then you know, I'm very much so a woke Christian. Okay. 
um, that's very much so me. I definitely know who I am as an African-American in society, but God has also helped me understand who I am as a Christian African-American in society. Um, and it's still helping me and still cultivating that in me and I have no shame. So um, going into African spirituality, it's so, uh, it's so heavy and it's so uh, broad in nature, uh, yet so heavy. I, I don't have another word for it. It um, it's a lot, and so I I hope that before I go into this, I, I know individuals who do practice this understand that I um, there is no love loss. There, you know, I I am I am um, tasked with telling the truth, um, and that's what God has called me to do, and so that is what I'm planned to do. So I'm not gonna sugarcoat it or make it. Um, something that it's not, uh, but just know that this is not just stuff off the top of the dome. You know, these are, these are things and information, rather listening to, as I said, with the other piece, experts, um, and or specific research, even people who actually do practice this religion, every, or this spirituality, excuse me, every single day, um, and live by this. And this is not me calling them bad people either. Um, but as I said, I am charged with telling the the truth as it is. So, so um, I'm gonna get into it. But I, I know y'all gonna be upset. But I just in the moment decided and realized that that this is gonna have to be a two part series. So I'm gonna do a brief introduction, um, and then you know <laughs> we go we gonna continue it next week. I promise. Uh, so basically, um, African spirituality, right? Let's get into it since I kind of went through this long spiel uh, before going into it. Uh, this is indigenous African religions. Um, so this is like re- refers uh, to the you know indigenous and or native religious beliefs uh, of the African people, and this is before Christian or um, Islam uh, and um, Islamic uh, colonization of Africa. And so if you know the history, then you understand that one of the, or at least two of the religions that were forced on those, on Africans or Christianity or um, and Islam, okay? So and this is before that. Uh, these are, you know, traditional and or uh, indigenous African religions. And these religions are um, varied. They're plural in nature. Uh <clears throat> uh, they're very dense. Okay, so that's why I said this is definitely a part two coming. But they're um, they are very broad in nature, right? And it's usually informed by one's uh, ethnic identity. Okay, so you know where uh, an individual comes from. You know the, the part of you know as far as where in Africa makes the difference as far as how these practices these practices excuse me basically play out. And so basically the, and more specifically, because this is the specific religion that I will touch on um, throughout, you know, this, this two-part series uh, is the, the Yoruba religion, which uh, historically is centered in areas like Southwestern Nigeria, uh, the Zulu religion, and there's a Zulu religion, excuse me, in Southern Africa, and then you have the Igbo religion in southeastern Nigeria. Uh, 
but like I said, my focus today, like specifically, you know, it's, you know, is the the Yoruba religion or my focus in this series. Uh, so um, it is not a secret that African spiritual practices have always been shunned, especially by white Christian nationalism. Okay. Um, it's very clear what the belief is around um, African religious practices, uh, even amongst not just white Christian nationalists, but even amongst, you know, black Christians here in America, you know, you know, and I'm sure everywhere else, there's this belief that it's dark, that it's, you know, witchcraft and it's all of these things. Um, and I think one of the reasons why it's so difficult for uh, black people to really connect. And I think that's what makes it so difficult for black people, especially in America, to connect with Christianity because everything related to at least their history um, is connected to that, which is dark, right? Like there's uh, the presentation that, you know, these things in their very nature are demonic. So I understand the viewpoint of, you know, people wanting to connect with, you know, their ancestors, you know, be it that they weren't there during those times and wanting to be connected and be a part of something that they feel is greater than them, right? Which is these, which are these practices that kind of shaped, um, you know, I, the identity of Africans. And so, you know, there are Blacks in America who want to be connected to that. And, you know, I, I can say that it, it is very factual that they are looked at as, uh, you know, you know, being demonic and it's dark. And, and, and even before getting into that, though, I do have my thoughts and my understanding and my, tr and, and the truth, not mine, but the truth about it. Um, I understand what it's like. Cause I understand that being in that in-between space of trying to figure things out, especially as a black person in America, but not only a black person in America, but a black Christian in America that, um, and having to, in many ways, defend my, the gospel, defend my reason for believing in the gospel, defend my reason for uh, um, believing in what I believe, right? And it's because of um, the stigma that Christian, you know, that people have about Christians and Christianity concerning how they view everything black or everything connected to black. So I do want to say that this is very, a very um, dismissed, you know, religion. It, it is viewed as, uh, you know, we don't talk about that and, you know, we're not inviting that stuff into the house. And I think this is one of those examples or those moments of it's just time and appropriate to educate yourself and understand, you know, and, and everyone has a side. Um, but outside of that, like I said, it is my desire to bring the truth. And so, but, so yeah. And, and, and ultimately, you know, there is the feeling that there is the, it's very clear that Christianity was what was forced on them, right? Because this is what their original, these are their original practices in their country. Um, I'm not, I, I won't go into it, you know, in this episode about, you know, who, what originated first as far as Christianity and African spiritualism, um, because you, you can't put a date on a sovereign and, uh, omni, you know, omniscient, omnipresent and ever, you know, 
everlasting, eternal God. But that's, I'm not going to get into that right now. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I did want to say that. So it, it it is, it carries a lot of stigmatism behind it. And that's just, that's the truth, right? That's how people feel about it. Um, but I, I'll go in, into it a little bit, a little, a little, a little bit today, uh, or a little bit on this episode and then, then continue later on. Um, so African spirituality, this is a, a spirituality that acknowledges, uh, that the beliefs and practices, you know, basically inform every part of a human life. Okay. Um, and within African religions, there are, there is no separation from everyday or the typical, uh, uh, this for them is very much so holistic. And if there is a person who is sick, um, or there's sickness happening, then it is viewed as an imbalance as a whole An imbalance. This is in the form of like their person in their bodies. There's imbalance in um, even that individual's like social life. Um, And it is the belief that this is also connected to a breakdown in um, one's familial relationships and, and as well as a breakdown in that individual's relationship with their ancestors. All right, so let's let's get into that briefly. Um, so um, the ancestors that become their their guides, basically, and they have already lived, and they have the wisdom to guide their. They're considered to have the wisdom to guide their dependents through life, as well as protect you know them from evil, you know, etc. So they have that, uh, you know, this is what they believe they have that ability to do. Um, now, uh, this is, you know, these are different stories I've listened to and, you know, different articles, research, um, uh, but they um, they do or they can force idol worship um, and they can make demands, you know, based on those things, you know, in the sense of, uh, insisting or kind of, you know, making it known that these shrines are to be properly maintained. And these shrines, I know, um, there are people who have these shrines or, you know, in, in specific places in their homes or wherever they have these rooms where they have these idols, you know, these things erected and these things, or these offerings presented and maintained. Um, and, you know, and if it's not properly taken care of, it, these people, these descendants, um, or these the, uh, you know, according to research, these designated descendants um, can then you know face things like illnesses because they are not properly um, handling these these shrines, which is the expectation of these ancestors, right? Um, and so, yeah. And so basically it is the dead dictating the living. Okay. That's, that's kind of, <laughs> that's my summary. Okay. Uh, it, it is the dead, uh, the dead who is seen as more powerful. Let me be specific, dictating the living. Okay. Um, and so um, when you really get into diving into research, uh, as far as 
that the viewpoint of ancestors as being God, um, that is not necessarily the universal thought amongst those who, you know, practice, you know, African spirituality. That's not really the universal thought, but there are those uh, that have that general consensus or understanding that ancestors, like I said, are more powerful, right? Um, they um, have the ability to, you know, communicate with the Orishas and, and, and things like that. So that, um, you know, and they have this wisdom that's more powerful and more, you know, than, than the, the humans do. Um, so, you know, as far as um, in, well, some African um, kind of, you know, cosmologies is what they're called, uh, have a very clear idea, clear understanding of who they believe is the supreme being, while there are others who do not. And so that's when you get into things like the Yoruba religion, right? Uh, the Yoruba religion, they have a concept of a supreme being who's called Oludumari. And Oludumari, um, he's seen as, well, I'm sorry, let me be clear, because Oludumari is not gender specific. Oludumari is just uh, the creator, the god of the universe, and is empowered by these various, these different Orishas, which are also considered deities, okay? And these deities that, you know, to, you know, it's empowered to kind of create the earth and basically carry out all of the functions of it. And, um, and basically, you know, include, including like kind of receiving prayers and supplications of the Yoruba people. Okay, like so, these deities receive these supplications um, through the, or, uh, yeah, the deities receive these uh, supplications on behalf of Oludumare. Okay, um, yeah, so they, I won't jump ahead of myself, but they operate as like Catholic saints. But that's because at one point in time when there was like the shunning of African tradition and religions, they had the, um, it was almost like these um, these Orishas, they were um, they were seen to have operated like saints, you know, because that was kind of what the religion that was being forced on them anyway. So um, they weren't really praying to the saints. So when they would be made to pray and things like that, they weren't they weren't praying to the saints. They were praying to these Orishas. Okay, so um, yeah, and, and so th they're they're basically, or in some, and not just saints, but these Orishas are, are, are also viewed as, quote, angels, okay? Um, so, uh, right. And so they believe that, um, you know, the, they also believe that these Orishas, you know, in within the, uh, the Yoruba religion, they um, are considered the intercessors and you know in christianity an intercessor is the person who who is basically the go between between an individual in need and god and the intercessor goes before god on behalf of the individual so this is how this is the action of orishas within african spirituality okay so these um these deities go before olodumari and on behalf of um the people Okay. Um, and so, yeah, 
<clears throat> right. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's a lot. And they are, um, they, they often act on behalf of the worshipers on earth and, and they also sometimes act against them. So what I mean by that is there are people who are punished by the Orishas, right? But even though they're supposed to be angels, I won't, I won't get into it too much in this episode. I said I was going to keep it mild. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> um, but they're, they're punished by these deities as well. So when we think about the comparison of Christianity, angels serve a purpose, and that purpose um, is, is not to harm his people. It's not to um, punish his people. Angels, you know, angels are sent to, to minister. Angels are sent to war on behalf, never to war against the people of God. But I won't go too far, okay? Uh, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it modest today. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it modest. But either way, so these these deities can do both, right? In in this in this in this practice, um, there are many different types of orishas in the Yoruba religion, right? And it's believed that um, they basically um, that some were present at, at some time, you know, at, at some point during the creating of the world while there were ones who were still human beings that who then transcended into the uh, semi-divine state of an Orisha, okay? Um, <clears throat> uh, within the Yoruba religion, uh, which is the total opposite as far as certain beliefs is Christianity. Um, there is no emphasis on the salva- on salvation, something like that. Like, you know, when you talk about, like, as far as the Christian faith, instead it's kind of focuses on living a good life. Um, and it more so has an eye, uh, the belief of reincarnation. And in this reincarnation, um, you know, basically, um, people who you have to live a good life in order to be reincarnated. Okay. Like, so if you have been defying, if you are maybe even a person who committed suicide, I, I don't know. Um, um, or maybe you were cruel in nature. Um, those types of people, um, are not allowed to be reincarnated as far as what in their belief Oludumari um, would allow them to, you know, they would, you know, basically be stuck. Um, I'm guessing, you know, I guess there would kind of be that they, so they wouldn't be able to um, be reincarnated, you know. Um, It is the belief that children, you know, are to be, you know, reincarnated, you know, or be the reincarnation of ancestors, you know, especially the ones that they resemble, you know, so if a child, you know, <clears throat> you know, that, you know, looks like an answer, the ancestor, then it is, uh, you know, you know, basically believe that that um, is the re, you know, the reincarnation of the ancestor, if that child looks like that individual or resembles that individual. Um, and so, but that is, I won't, get too heavy into that aspect, you know, you have the, you know, the different things you have, 
um, you know, so it emphasizes reincarnation and then you have different names uh, that represents kind of like the coming back or the returning, whether it's Baba Tunde or Yitunde or, you know, things like that. Um, uh, Baba Tunji, I believe, or J. <clears throat> um, so different things that kind of translate for reincarnation. Um, yeah. And Olodumare would ultimately determine when he judged, uh, when, sorry, it's just a habit, when when there's judgment, um, because like I said, Olodumare is gender neutral. And so when there's judgment, it would ultimately be determined if your actions line up to be able to transcend um, into, you know, reincarnation. All right. So I, I've, 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 I've gone, I'm way, yeah, I feel like one of the preachers, I'm way past my time. I promise I'm a, I will, I will dive more into this um, next week. I'm, I'm excited to go a little further because I, I go a little deeper into African spirituality and, and then I, I go into some apologetics when it comes to Christianity. Okay. So, and if you don't know what apologetics are, uh, <laughs> or what apologetics is, it is, um, basically, um, um, the defending, um, of, you know, one's belief more specifically Christianity. Okay. And you know why it is and why it is what stands, you know, and what, and what will stand ultimately. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's been a pleasure. I'm definitely over my time, y'all. I, I try to keep it short and sweet and simple. So, I mean, next week, I don't know, it might, it might go a little long too. It's a lot, it's weighty, but I, I want to be obedient to, to the Lord concerning this and, you know, and, and go into it. Um, listen though, b before you head out, <laughs> um, please make sure you follow me on social media at I am underscore Lachey. And I know that you always want to know what's happening with this podcast make sure you follow the page the, the podcast page at truth be bold underscore podcast that's truth be bold underscore podcast and as well like i always say follow me on tiktok um uh at shade the black educator you know it may not just be podcast stuff you know on there i might you know be on some random you know you never know i i'm an educator so you know me and my me and my kids always doing something crazy Lastly, um, listen, subscribe, subscribe, listen, like I said, and also, like I said, at the beginning of the episode, make sure you go and review and rate it, especially those on Apple Podcasts. Tell me what you think. Tell the world what you think about it. Um, I'm, I'm excited to read some, you know, some, some reviews. I'm, I, I want to know what y'all are feeling. You know, I appreciate the constant support, but I definitely want to know what you all are actually feeling and continue to like and share and follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. And remember, if you ever walk, especially from an episode like this, if you ever walk away <laughs> feeling uncomfortable, that is okay. And that is good because it means the truth is starting to set you free. All right. Until next time, stay bold, y'all. Mm -hmm.